So today is week one of 1 Corinthians, the love filter, and we titled it, What's Love Got to Do With It? I'm not going to sing the song, but I do have a surprise for you later. I'll give you that much. <laughs> uh, how many of you remember your first love? I remember my first love. Um, I was talking with a, a gal this week, and she was telling me that she knew that her husband was the one because every time she saw his truck, her heart would go pitter-patter. <laughs> Have you had that feeling before of your heart uh, going pitter-patter? Um, yeah, it's, I'm sure all of us have experienced that uh, at one time or another. But how many of you remember the feeling when the pitter-patter stopped? Why does that happen? That's the question. Why does that pitter-patter stop sometimes in our lives? Why does that happen? Is it because maybe you're not with the right person? That, that could be one answer. Or is it because that you've fallen out of love? That could, be, that could be another answer that you would answer that question with. Well, I have a friend of mine, and his name is Dr. Paul Olson. And, and Gene and I have known him for many, many, many years. And um, he lives uh, in the Flathead Valley, and he's a counselor there. But his main study is brain science. Now, I didn't even know that existed but that's what his course of study has been throughout his life. And he's an older gentleman, I would say in his mid uh, to late 60s. And so he's been a brain science uh, studier for most of his life. And he's developed a chart, actually. And what I want to do is kind of share this chart with you today. It's called the Love Map. The Love Map. And in your notes, you have an area there to write some stuff down. I'm going to bring this out here. I have this pre-done already. There's zone A. And uh, let's see, here we have zone zone B. And he split this love map into three three different zones. And then we should have zone C here somewhere. Or is it? Okay, here it is. Zone C. And there's also a chart on either side, uh, a slide on either side that kind of depicts this. So you can take notes as you would like. Uh, but here is zone C, if I can get that up there. Okay, so here's zone A, zone B, and zone C. Uh, zone A is called falling, falling in love, all right? And we have zone B where we flounder or flourish, and then zone C is finishing well. So these are the three zones that Dr. Olson has talked about. Now, if every one of us has had this zone A experience, all right? And so we, we have this experience of falling, and then here's a big heart, falling in love. And now, a lot of times when we think of, of this falling in love, we think of romantic dating relationships or marriage. But really, this falling is an emotional thing that we all experience, and we can apply this in friendships, we can apply this in our relationship with God or maybe a relationship with a church. I mean, we can apply this principle in all the different relationships that we have in our lives. And so in, in zone A, we have this falling in love or basically like you're my soulmate kind of a feeling that we have towards somebody, maybe of a romantic relationship or you're my BFF. And now if you're my age or older, that means best friend forever, okay? 
just so you know. All right, and that would be a great friendship. Or you come into a church and you're like, I love this church. This church is the best church on the planet. It's so awesome here. They're so friendly and the worship's great. And that lead worshiper, Ryan, he's just got that coolest hair cut and that big beard, you know, same with Sean, right? And you can say that. Or maybe your relationship with God. In that first, I don't know, year or two or three, when you first started walking with the Lord, you were like, man, I just feel so thankful and grateful because now my life is totally different than it was before. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. That is zone A, and it's real, and, and, and it's what we experience. It's the emotional, emotional part of our lives as we experience that. And then we have zone B, like I said, as a floundering or a flourishing. But what happens in our lives when maybe we get to this zone B, and what happens is we flounder, okay? So I'm going to draw a heart here, and maybe the heart's broke. So what happens when this emotion subsides, and then we find ourselves in the zone B, and we end up finding ourselves floundering in our relationship? Well, there's a couple things that happens, um, if you're married, maybe what you do is you, you come back and you try to rekindle uh, the romance in your life. You try to rekindle that emotion or something like that. Or you could take a different route. You could come back and uh, what you could do is you could go and try to find somebody new in a relationship. Maybe you've had a dating relationship and now uh, that dating relationship has ended and so what you've done is you're going to come back and you're going to find a new relationship. Or maybe it's with a friendship and you've been really good friends for a real long period of time and what you've decided to do is just come back and find a different friend uh, because this friendship has no longer um, lasted and you've had this huge argument and there you find yourselves as finding a different type of friendship. Or once again, you could do this in church relationships as well. Maybe you get to a point to where uh, in the church, um, you just you see all these hypocrites around here now. Boy, they weren't here two years ago, but now all of a sudden all these hypocrites are here, and now I've just got to go find, find a new church. Or maybe your relationship with God. Maybe you get to the point in your relationship with God where you just become disillusioned, and you figure, you know what? This Christianity is just, is just a bunch of bunk, and then you, and then you just leave. These are a lot of different routes we can take when we get to this place of floundering in our lives with, with all of our relationships. Like I said, not just romantic relationships, but with all of our relationships. When that emotional feeling kind of wanes and kind of goes away. Now I'm going to lay on uh, the Tina Turner. In 1984, Tina Turner had a song, and we have just a little snippet of that song. Go ahead and roll that song real quick. Oh, they just want to dance all of a sudden. If you know it, let's sing it, right? What's love got to do, got to do with it? Come on. 
What's love but a second-hand emotion? Okay, let's go. <laughs> oh, we can cut that now. I made a fool of myself already. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So Russ and I, we, we get together each week, right? We talk about the training or the teaching and stuff, and he's like, man, you got to ham it up when it gets to that song. I'm like, I'll ham it up when it gets to that song. <laughs> All right, but, you know, we make a joke, but that song, if you listen to the words of that song, that song is definitely a person who is in zone B, and now something has fallen apart and she's only interested in pleasure because now she's saying, what's love got to do with it? It's just a secondhand emotion. It really doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. So let's just go for it. Let's just have all kinds of pleasure all the time, right? But the question we are left with here is how do some people, and it's, it's, it's about half the population if you know anything about statistics, how do some people make it from zone A to zone B, and then through this, continue into zone C? That's the question that we're left with. How do marriages go the distance? How do friendships really go through the test of time? How do some people stay in, in one church for decades and decades and then their children stay in that church as well? And I'm sure you might know of maybe family or, or friends that that's kind of what it is. It's a generational thing, you know, and, and they're there for decades. Or how do some people walk with God for years and years and years and can say, boy, I've walked with God 40 years. You know, how can some people go the distance and say that? Well, I believe it all hinges on the understanding of, of really what love is. And in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us how to go the distance, and it tells us really what love is all about and what it has to do with it. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, your electronic device, whatever you have, I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, I'll be reading out of the NLT, verses 1 through 7. And I know we're jumping way ahead in Corinthians, but we wanted to start off this series with just an introduction. And really, this is, this is a great introduction because as you listen to the Bible Project, what was the theme that kept going through? It was love, it was love, it was love. And so 1 Corinthians 13, we find ourselves at what a lot of people call the love chapter. I know I've done quite a few weddings over the last couple of years, and I always reference part of these verses during the ceremony. So starting with verse 1, I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others. I would be only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, well, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, 
never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's what we read about love here in 1 Corinthians 13. But I want to talk to you next is some myths about love that each one of us has probably bought into at one point in time in our lives or another. And the first one is, is that the love we fall into is love at its best. So here we see best right here. The love that we fall into is love at its best. Another thing we see, and this is a myth as well, is that the core of love consists of certain emotions. It's just emotional is all it is. And that is really a myth because we're going to talk about the truths and the reality of love here in a moment. Another one that I have, and I have two more, the third myth is I have no real control over falling in or out of love. I have no control over this. I'm just overcome with emotion in my life, and I just have no control. And then the last one is is that love is so mysterious that it can't really be defined, and it just needs to be experienced. Now, these are all myths that we've bought into at one point in time in our lives or another. Maybe you're sitting here right now and a couple of these ring true to you even today. Well, let me tell you once again that these are myths. This is love. This, This next statement is love. And I want you to write this down in your notes too. I choose to do what I know benefits you. Now read that with me. Let's read it together. I choose to do what I know benefits you. Now, I know when I throw this on you, you guys are always a little late. It's okay. Let's one more time, really loud. I choose to do what I know benefits you. Excellent. Now, I've, you know, I'm of, often told that if you say somebody's name three times when you first meet them, that it, it, you remember it. So now we've gone over this three times. So now you should remember this uh, in your life after today. This is great. All right. I choose to do what I know benefits you. I choose is the first one. So I'm going to write over here. I'm going to write, I choose. And I know this might be small, but uh, you get where I'm going with this. We're going to keep it up there. I choose. That's what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about. It's a, it's a myth that love is just a secondhand emotion and it's something that we can't control because 1 Corinthians talks about choosing. I choose. And then it also says to do, right? So I choose to do. Now, the love that the choosing and doing takes us into zone C it's, it's love based on actions, not based on emotion. And so where's my little heart? I've got to get my little heart back here. So this is based on choice, not on, or based on action and choice, not on emotions to get into this zone C. And then this next thing is what I know, what I know is zone C love is something that you learn. So it's what I know. And knowing comes through learning. 
And so in order to finish well, in order to, to get from this feeling of emotion and then getting to, and all relationships have a floundering thing, but you move from floundering into flourishing. And then when you get to that, then you finish well. And it's all about knowing. It's all about learning. And it's all about becoming and choosing. That's really what this whole thing is, is all about. Now, now, this is a learning process. I want to I make sure that you guys understand that now. This is a learning process, and if you've made mistakes in your past, and I know a bunch of us have, right, uh, it, it's nothing that we want to do is live in the past, because you can't go back and change all of your mistakes and all of your relationships in your past, all right? So let's say that first on, first, and make it clear right now. What we're talking about is what Josiah talked about last week. He talked about starting over. Now, he was focusing on your finances. And if you didn't listen to last week's, it's great. You can catch the podcast from Bozeman because um, we did the, the old video thing here in Great Falls. So if you go on iTunes or if you go into the app, you can go and, and listen to Bozeman's podcast or they actually have a video cast too. You can watch that from last week again. And Josiah made a great point that, you know, the past is in the past. And what you want to do today is choose to start over starting today. So I want to make sure that all of us are on the same page. We're not, we're not beating ourselves up about the past. What we're doing is we're choosing today to start over and to understand love maybe a little differently than you've understood it in the past. And today we're choosing to make different decisions because if you do things differently, the outcome is going to be what? different. If you do things differently, the outcome is going to be different. But if you keep doing the same old things, falling into the same old traps, then you're going to have the same old outcome, right? So I want to make sure that we understand that what I know is a doing and a choosing. And then the last thing we talked about is benefits, benefits who? You, benefits you. So it's not basically what our beloved or our partner or, or whatever, what we think they're going to like, right? It what's, it's what's going to benefit them. And that's, that's a little different thinking because Jean knows I love ice cream. And so she could stop by Cold Stone every day before she comes home and bring me ice cream, right? And that would be awesome. But is that going to benefit me? No. After like a month of eating ice cream every day from Cold Stone, I'm going to gain like 30 pounds. So what she should do then is, well, maybe once in a while bring me Cold Stone. But no, what she should do is bring me carrots and make me healthy meals for dinner, right? Because, all right, I love ice cream, but she's going to do what benefits me. She's going to do what benefits me. Me, and that's going to be by making sure that I have good meals so that I can eat healthy at the house, right? And so here we see this, and, and I'm just going to do this really quick. So love, the love that I'm talking about is love that can say, I know you. I know you. That's the love we're talking about today. I choose to do what I know benefits you because I know you and I know what's 
God wants for you in your life, or, or maybe I just, I just know what benefits you, so that's what I'm going to do for you in your life. Love gets better and better and better the more we know our beloved or our best friend or BFF or whatever. And you can probably think about that with me, relationships that you've had in the past. And the longer the friendships have endured, and each one of us, I hope, has at least one long-term friendship that we can look back and say, wow, you know, I've, I've known this person for a long time and I really know them because we've been through all kinds of stuff together, thick and thin. Now, I want to make a caution here because I'm not talking about just self-sacrificing, all right? When we self-sacrifice in these types of situations and in these relationships, we kind of play the martyr card when I'm self-sacrificing all the time. You say, well, you know, I'm, I've done this and I've done that. And that's, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about being and playing the martyr. What I'm talking about instead is self-forgetfulness. There's a big difference in our minds as we think about this, self-forgetfulness. So in my relationship with Gene, in our marriage, I don't just self-sacrifice because that's going to make me bitter and make me angry over time that I'm always the one self-sacrificing. But if I choose to be self-forgetful, and choose to love my wife and honor my wife and get to know my wife, that's a whole different mindset. And that's the love that really that we're talking about today. That's the love that finishes well. And once again, I want to make, make certain that I, I say that this is in all our relationships. In all our relationships. With a relationship with God, with church, with friends, with family, with maybe our spouse. That's, that's the love that finishes well. So then there's probably a question then that's ringing in your mind as we kind of get to the end of our teaching time today is, is, well, then why? Why do we fall out of love so easily, right? Maybe with a spouse or a friend or with our church or maybe even with God. And, and I really think that that's a tough question to answer. Uh, there's a lot of, of uh, dynamics that go into answering that kind of question. Uh, but I think really at the core of that is that we just don't know them well enough. We haven't chosen to continue to get to, get to know them better. I, I think of my relationship with God. And, and I think about that, that there have been plenty of times in my walk with God, where I could have gotten so discouraged and just walked away. But then I didn't. I stayed in there. I persevered through uh, just a, a host of different circumstances. And then I got to know God even a little bit better. And then it was like, oh, okay. I didn't see this side of you before. Wow, that really, that really rings clear now in, in my spirit as far as what, what's been maybe going on. And, and maybe God will give you a filter to see the circumstances that you're in. But I know that I've, each day I get to know God just a little bit more when I choose to spend time with God, when I choose to pray, when I choose to do some of these things that's going to benefit me spiritually. Well, it goes along in our relationships too. If I take the time to really know a person, we'll find that we, we develop like an empathy and an under, a different understanding towards them than maybe we didn't have before. And so that is, 
it's really just getting to know and getting to choose and spending time with that person. Um, I have a story, and I just heard the story this week of a friend who was, uh, was just graduated from high school, and he had a buddy of his, and they were going to room together at this Bible college. Now, now uh, I think his buddy was a year younger than him, so it was maybe a year or so after my one friend had graduated, but, but they had, had come to know Christ right around the same time, and they were going to church for a couple of years, and, and they had this great friendship, and both of them felt like they needed to go to Bible college for a year or two just to, you know, just to find out maybe what God is doing in, in, in their lives and, and, and stuff and see, you know, is this something I want to pursue as a career? And so um, they both felt that they needed to go. Well, it was the summer before they were going to leave, and they were leaving in like uh, middle of August or something like that. And it was like June time frame. And my buddy was telling me that his friend became a little disillusioned and he started falling back secretly. Nobody else really knew about it but, but my, my buddy. But secretly into his old ways, he started kind of partying again and drinking. He started sleeping around again. And, and all these things were going on in his life the summer before he was going to go to Bible college. And then it got to the point to where his friend was feeling so guilty that he just decided not to go to Bible college at all. And he was really wrestling with these things. And, and my, my friend was like, I didn't know what to do. I just, um, you know, I didn't want to go to his parents. And, and my friend had become really good uh, friends with his parents and his brother and, and stuff. And he's like, I just see just a train wreck happening for my, my buddy here, my friend. And so what he decided to do is call his buddy's brother. He said, that's probably the least evasive thing I can do. And he, he even felt guilty doing that, like he was ratting him out. But he just really knew that his friend was on a bad road. And so he called, he talked to his, to his buddy's brother, and he kind of explained what was going on. And, and his, you know, the brother didn't know what was going on. He's like, wow, really? Wow, that's crazy. And you know, I don't know how long the conversation lasted, 10 or 15 minutes. And, and then they hung up, and my friend found out that... <laughs> His buddy's parents were on the other line. That used to happen a lot back in the day. It doesn't happen with cell phones anymore, but if you have multiple lines in a house, you can, you can pick up and listen in on conversations back, you know, 30 years ago. Come to find out, yeah, his parents had listened in on the whole conversation, and they dropped the hammer on my friend's buddy. They were like, you are, what are you doing? We know what you've been doing. You are going to school, you know, and all this and that. And, well, my, my friend's buddy was furious with him because it came out that, that he was the one to initiate this conversation with the brother and stuff. And come to find out, their, their friendship endured. They, they still became roommates, and they still went off to Bible college together and all that. But his friend changed in his life, because of that intervention, we'll call it, right? His, his friend ended up going on, completing four years and becoming a pastor. And he's still a pastor to this day. And that was like 30 years ago, right? So my, from my friend's perspective, he didn't want to jeopardize his friendship or his relationship. But for the benefit of his buddy, he chose to do what benefits the other person. And he chose... Well, to go to his brother, and hopefully it was going to be a little bit more of a, you know, uh, on kind of on the down low. But his parents found out, obviously, and so what a situation to be in. But that illustrates what we're talking about here perfectly. 
He chose to do what he knew was going to benefit his friend. And then, you know, come to find out 30 years later, this guy is still a pastor. And and what would have happened if my friend would have never went to the brother and had that conversation? That's the love we're talking about today. That's the love we're talking about today. Now, say this definition of love just one more time with me, will you? Let's all say it together. I choose to do what I know benefits you. And do you know something? That's, that's what Jesus did in his life. That's how Jesus showed you and me that he loves us. We're going to do a little time of communion here in a few minutes, but I want to read this 1 Corinthians chapter 11, a uh, couple verses with you, because this illustrates exactly how Jesus loved us. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it, then broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper and he said this, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance as me as often as you drink. And I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead and, and get the communion ready. I'm going to ask for it here in a minute. But that's how Jesus loved us. And it talked about it right here in 1 Corinthians that he did this covenant, the new covenant between God and between us, the people, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And then after this evening, this evening meal, this Passover meal that they experienced together, then Jesus went on to go and, and seal the new covenant that he was talking about by dying on a cross and shedding his blood for you and for me. That's how Jesus loved us, because he knows us. He knew what we needed and that we needed this ultimate sacrifice to be done on the cross so that we would have relationship with him and eternal life with him and the Father. He died for you and for me. And because of that, our relationship with God goes all the way from falling to flourishing to finishing well because of what Jesus did on the cross and the sacrifice that he did for you and for me. Now, as they're finishing up giving uh, the communion, I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and take the stage right now, band members, as we're, we're finishing up. And as the band starts playing, I'm going to just give us a few extra moments here, just a, a time of reflection. Communion, we celebrate once a month, and it's open communion. You don't have to be a member here at Connect to partake with us, to celebrate and remember Jesus' sacrifice. But I want to ask us just to have a few minutes of reflection while the band just plays so- softly in the back and then go ahead and hold the elements and we'll all take part in communion together. I'd like to pray just a prayer before we go ahead with communion. So bow with me, please. Father God, I just thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on the cross, to be my sacrifice, God. And I make it personal, and I just pray for each one of us here that each one of us would just make it personal and say that, Jesus, you you died for me. And we thank you so much for that sacrifice, Jesus. And I just want to pray over each one of us. Uh, you know, Each week we, 
we have a call, a response, so to speak, for Jesus' sacrifice in our lives. And I'm just going to pray over each one of us. And if, if you need Jesus to be that sacrifice in your life today, then just say this prayer with me as I, as I pray it out loud. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. God, I, I admit I'm a sinner. I know I've messed it up, and I need a Savior. And Jesus, you, you are that Savior in my life right now. So I ask that you would forgive my sins, that you would clean me up inside, make me new inside and out. God, I dedicate my life to you right now. I, I just thank you so much, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins, and I want to commit my life to you right now here this morning. Be with me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.